I'm all about getting stuff done and not caring so much how we get there sometimes, which means like the joke is that's not dangerous at all. No, it's not. <laughs> so like admitted, what can happen was, is like, we can be on this incredible journey. I drive everybody to get there and I'm like, yes, we accomplished it. We're at the top of the mountain. I turn around and like 90% of my team's dead laying down the mountain. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, morning. Mr. Fuller. How are you? Oh, it's going. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to hang out with me in my closet this morning because I'm temporarily in a rent house for the next uh, month. Sounds like there's a story behind that. I'm moving. I'm building. We're building our dream home right now and uh, been in the process of building it for a couple months. So we are renting in another town because the town we're moving to doesn't have any rental properties. Nice. Where are so, you located? Uh, Amarillo. Uh oh. He's located. Amarillo, Texas. That's what I was thinking. Think yeah, get that? those get those kids off your off devices, Zach. Yeah, once more Where? with feeling. <laughs> with feeling. <laughs> wow. So I'm imagining we already got to see you in your closet for a second. So that's oh, there you are. Nice. So probably be careful how we say that because if you see me in my closet, we didn't really specify if I had like clothes or changing or, you know, or maybe it's a something you need to come out of and you're breaking news on our podcast. Dude, I, that would be huge. That would be huge. <laughs> but I don't have anything to break. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Nothing like Breaking Bad or anything. Right. Well, that's a good reference. I do enjoy that. That, that literally kind of came together. Just imagine that. So I do have a confess. So we're recording, just so you know. Sometimes we catch people off guard that we're going right from the top. Is that cool oh, with you? Fine, dude. It's, you're not gonna bug me a bit. All right. <laughs> what about um, timing for you? What kind of timing are we looking at? Uh, I, I got like an hour. Okay. I don't think you, I don't think you need more of my story than that. I mean, I might get boring after no, ten that, minutes, dude. You don't even great. know. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I have a confession. I'm Zach, and Jeff's in the middle. Good confession, Zach. And Scott. Good to know you're Zach. He's on the right. Let me see if I can see you guys. I'm trying to get this to pull up. Here, hit hit audio real quick so I can see you. Okay, so who's got the hat on? Zach. Zach, Okay. I'm Jeff. Jeff. Good to see you, John. Scott. Number one. You said number one. Yeah. Jeff's in the power seat. (laughs) <laughs> wow, the power seat. I notice it is moving slow, so I'm going to get you guys. I'm going to go to audio so we don't. I hate that, and I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll do the same just to make sure it's clean. Is the Kill, charm. Dude, three's a charm, dude. We're in. Oh, that's much <laughs> more clear. Okay, confession time. Okay, so what do you want to confess? I, I listen, or I, you know, looking into you a little bit, I hadn't listened to you before Jameson puts you on our radar. And. Okay. So I'm checking your stuff out, and I'm seeing words that, uh, if they don't bug me, they they, uh, well, they bug me at first. So just just be honest, yeah. They bug you. Okay, so let's hit so it. So buzzwords like <laughs> destiny, purpose, manifestation, yeah. call, calling. 
these Dude, can mean those are my wheelhouse, baby. So you and I are gonna <laughs> grind, baby. Come on. <laughs> well, Find this one out. We'll, we'll see about that. I uh, no, the confession is initially I'm like, what? What is this? Is this? Because they remind me of any meeting for a pyramid business or <laughs> going yeah. to going to. Um, I do have something to sell you when I'm done. So, I mean, this is a fast team. I said, hey, you get these guys on so I can hook them up and start the marketing finish. Yeah. You've been found out. Yeah, that, uh, what like sales pitches for um, the condo timeshares, uh, self-help self types. Dude, those are my favorite. If you ever want to get into that story, dude, I'll have to tell you, I have one of those at, uh, at a famous hotel that I went to. I got suckered into one of those. Yeah, that, <laughs> haven't we all? That'd be great. But anyways, then I listened to a couple episodes. Um, I, I guess you kind of earned a little bit of my trust. Listening to you, you seem uh, legit. I don't want to use the r- word real. That would be too on brand, but maybe maybe I should just do that. <coughs> But it, okay. it, listening to you, it was okay. There's there's more to this guy. Like you are kind of doing this motivational, almost like a crit. I don't know if you would call yourself a Christian motivational, just motivational in general. But you're you're definitely Christian, and so you use a lot of that language. So what what sets you apart from all the riffraff that I am initially don't want to like, but I see something different in you. What sets you apart? Well, it's going to go back to a question to you, if that's okay. I figured you'd do that. (laughs) Okay. So my question would be, why is Christians have we, and and I can answer this myself, so I'm not asking anything I wouldn't answer. Why have we downplayed so much motivational or success type, maybe like people, like basically your stigma of me already going into it. Cause this isn't the first time I, I was on another show and they said the same thing. So my question would be, why, why is that though? So obviously uh, we're probably close to the same age. We've, I've been in church 20 years. Um, so we've seen a lot of crap. Why is that though? I'm going to say exactly what you want me to say. I think it, because <laughs> no, it's not... I, no, I want you to be, dude, I want you to lay it out. Like if you think I'm a fraud, I'd rather you say, I mean, like, let's just lay it out. Cause I think it's important. And the reason I think it's important is because most of us have it. And that's just a fact. Yeah. Like you're not saying anything that I don't expect and haven't felt myself. Right. So I do not think you're a fraud. Once I actually listen to you, it's, it's totally disarming. And you're engaging, but it's not, it doesn't, it does come off as real. And that's the thing is most of that stuff is surfacey. It's designed to, to motivate you, to get you to do something or buy something or take that next step. But there's not, the roots don't run deep. And if you're paying attention a little bit, it's obvious. And when it's obvious to me, it drives me nuts. So that's why there was like that, the prejudgment, just like initially it's, it's uh but but it, yeah, your, your BS your BS radar goes up. Yeah, for sure, and so that's yeah. why for me. Okay, yeah, I agree. So uh, I'm with you. So what differentiates me? So to go to your question, what makes me different? So I feel like I've been on a journey for 19 years trying to discover me, working through all of the politicalness and all the things in church that we've all seen that maybe had good intentions that just didn't work out right and trying to discover who I am, what I can give to the world. And in the process of that, I can't give something I don't have. 
So knowing that I have something great inside of me, but I have, before I got saved, I got 20 years of major baggage issues, like more than most people by far that I have to work through. And in the process of all that, realizing like, hey, I'm not any different than anybody else, that God loves me, um, just like he, like I'm God's favorite, and so are you, mm-hmm. literally. And I mean that in sincerity, like I am God's favorite, but so are you. But you have to come to a place of believing that, and most people don't. And it's taken me a long time to get to that place. But once I understood it, now I'm like, I want other people to feel that not, I don't, I don't give a crap about Christianity. I want people to experience the love of Jesus the same way I have, but still realize that I have same faults, same issues, just like everybody else that we're all on a journey to discover the father, but yet love each other through the process. And I have no idea if I just answered your question, but I'm just talking. So John, I'm going to, I'm going to cut in here. I'm, I'm curious as to whether you see something in society or I'm going to jump around. Did you, was there some breaking point or some epiphany that you had where you're like, I want to search into other humans' lives, um, you know, through your podcast? Um, Is there, is there something in the past that just was the catalyst to you doing what you're doing now? Yeah, for sure. So what happened was, is we were involved in a mega church for quite a few years. My wife was on staff. She helped with worship and the kids ministry. Um, I preached and volunteered in the kids ministry, which was huge. It was like, it was, it's weird to say this, but I literally would preach to 300 kids wow. from the ages of um, uh, up to fifth grade, which That's is crazy. Big. Big it was, it was huge and it was a lot of fun and I loved it, but it's just a big like, responsibility. Yeah, it was. And, and it made me, um, and, and I loved it and it was a lot of fun and it, and it taught me, you talk about trying to keep engagement of people, <laughs> try to keep the engagement of a bunch of third and fourth graders. Oh yeah. my gosh. So, okay. So that being said, I remember sitting down, um, we, my wife and I were, and, and I'm using these terms or maybe they're not right, but being groomed or whatever, there was a whole group of us to basically start doing campus launches. And, um, the people involved were just tremendous. I mean, they're, they're awesome people and that was their vision, but it just never totally gelled with like, they wanted me to be a campus pastor and my wife to be a worship leader, which team wise would have been phenomenal. Right. Um, but the thing was, it just never gelled with me cause it wasn't personable and I felt called to preach. And, and the other thing was too, is like, I grew up, I never had a mentor and I always wanted one. And that frustrated me because I felt like I was always in search of a spiritual father, but I could never have one. And the Lord would always give me this scripture, basically, that he said, I'll be your father, which was, and I'm just being honest, that's awesome. But at the same time, it's really frustrating because it's kind of like the Israelites at the Mount, like they wanted God, but yet they wanted an idol, if that makes sense, because they wanted something physical. And I struggle with that because I felt like the Lord saying, I'm going to be your father and I'm going to teach you things that other people can't. And, uh, but I yet still wanted, so I, I never had that. So to tie that back into the church, so we're, we're in this church and, um, I was, we were about to, you know, be the next launch or any things like that. And, and I just remember looking around and I saw all these people that had tremendous talent, like so much right. to 
give to the world. Mm-hmm. But yet the platform, and I understand, but the platform was only at, our, at that church was built for really around one person. And that really bothered me. So it wasn't facilitating for anybody else? It, at the time. Now they've done, they've made huge, we're not there anymore, but they've made huge strides to, that's really their heart to do it, but not at the level, not, not, it wasn't my vision. And obviously my vision and theirs didn't line up. So God took me down a different path and I love what they're doing. I want to be very respectful towards them. So do you want to, can we know what church that was? Uh, yeah, it's fine. I mean, people, it's Trinity church in Amarillo. I mean, they're, they're a phenomenal church. Um, um, they're doing great things. They're, they impact their leadership is phenomenal. They have great people. I mean, I, there's nothing I could mm-hmm. say but respect for all of them. It just wasn't my vision. And But my frustration, I remember sitting down at the time with one of the head pastors and just kind of casting this vision saying, man, I see all these people that have marriage ministries that have all these different types of ministries, but we're not facilitating them or doing anything for them. And it really frustrated me. And at the same time, I'm speaking out of my own frustration and kind of in a way saying, I have a lot to give you, like mentor me, like I want to be that guy. At the time, kind of, if I look back and I'm honest about it, I would say maybe even in a selfish way, like I knew I had something to give, but I was maybe looking to him to help me give it. Does that make sense? Yes. (laughs) It's, I mean, this is really, uh, a funny, funny segue to a movie, but in office, in office space, <laughs> we'll be the judge. Have you that. ever seen Office Space? I haven't. Oh, okay. Well, it's an employee. So it's it's it? an it's an employee. No. It's an employee who just doesn't. No, he's not even said. being. He's not even being utilized at all, and he gets real frank in just a casual way. It's like I I can do stuff, but I'm not really asked to do stuff, and I can. I can show up whenever I want to, and it really doesn't matter because I'm not really a part of the big scheme of whatever is going on here. And yes, and you seem to be that almost yes. disgruntled, so like I I've got something, but yeah. But I I look at that and, and say not at like before. If I was a bitter person, I would say like I could easily point the finger and say like like look what you guys did. But that wasn't the case. I look at this as. This was God's divine appointment to set me into a place to sit back and say, you know what, if I can't, if that can't happen and you aren't providing that for people, then I'm going to be right. that guy. Right. Like if, if it doesn't exist, I'm going to make it happen. And that is, was the birth of my podcast was I like to talk to people. Mm-hmm. I like to talk, even though I don't always make sense. And I say stupid stuff. Sometimes I thought, you know what? I love people. And I want to be the person that helps people become the best versions of them because I believe that's how God made them. So I'm going to create a platform to highlight what God is doing in people's lives. And that's why I started my podcast. Cool. Yeah, so that that kind of leads. I had a question about destiny. And for you, that that word can mean a lot of different things. I think I assume it means what kind of the classical definition where people you felt like God was calling you to something and maybe it's one thing, maybe it's not, maybe it can take the shape of different things. Uh, what is destiny to you? And, or if you, you, when you mentioned people finding their destiny, is that a set in stone thing that if they somehow miss that they're out of God's will or purpose, or is it more flexible than that? 
Um, okay. So I believe that every person is hardwired, um, specifically by God going back to, you know, we were formed in, uh, God formed us in our mother's womb. So like you look at your friends right there, we're, like we all have different personality types. We believe certain things. Um, we, we do different, we just do things differently. I absolutely believe that God has put in us a calling to do something great. Now the, now where there can be a hiccup in that is, is people would think, well, I have to be the next, um, say John Maxwell or Joel Osteen or Joyce Myers or just wh whatever great looks to some people, right? Like it, we put it on this pedestal as if it has to be something amazing. Well, I'm going to take this back to my, my wife's grandma, who I call my grandma. She is one of the most amazing prayer warriors I've ever met in my entire life. Like she just loves people. Genu just, she's genuine. She prays for people. I mean, I've, she's seen miracles happen in her life. She's just amazing. You know, sometimes we belittle the stay-at-home mom or the stay-at-home dad or somebody that has a purpose. Uh, like, take think of it like this, like uh, 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 Billy Graham, right? Somebody had to lead that guy to Christ. Somebody mm -hmm. had to love him and mentor him. Somebody had to put him in the direction that he went. Um. I don't care what your gifts or callings are, but they're meant for someone, not for us, but for someone. Right. And I just want to encourage people, you know, use those, whatever gift you do, be a, a phenomenal teacher or, um, a janitor that goes down the hall and encourages kids. It doesn't matter. Just use whatever gift you have, make it great. And just, uh, as iron sharpens iron, so another man sharpens another. Dude, start sharpening people around you. I totally agree. And I love I love that. It's it's uh there's a lot of hope in if everybody was called or if everybody actually just stepped into that role in life. I mean it'd be a a fantastic place to live every second of the day. There's um and I don't mean to, you can cut me off at any time if I talk too much. So I'm just letting you know. Okay. So <clears throat> there was a, there was a time I'm 20, like early twenties. I'm sitting in uh, we owned a health food store. We had a sandwich shop, my wife and I, and I'd get there early and I'm, and I'm dicing up the vegetables, getting ready. It's like a subway type deal. And I'm, I'm dicing stuff up and I'm waiting for one of my employees to show up and I'm just, uh, I'm blasting worship music, trying to just, you know, have a good time in the morning I'm by myself. And at the time, one of my best friends was being mentored by our pastor as the youth pastor. And I was so frustrated about it. Like I was internally pissed off. I was, I was mad. And I was like, God, why not me? Like, why my friend? And why is the pastor mentoring him when that's my heart? Like, I want to be that guy. And man, just as gentle as me, I just, I felt the father, the Holy Spirit just say, say, you're, you're jealous of what he's doing because he's walking in what he's called to do. And I was like, ouch. Yeah. <laughs> it's a wake-up call. I mean, call. That, not even just a wake-up, but that was like a double, like, now I'm madder. Like, that wasn't like a soothing, and that's my conversation, and that's my relationship with the Lord. But I was like, it was a, it was a slap in the face. It, it was a reality check, but it just made me madder. So I'm like, okay, well, great. Then what am I called to do? And then I get a rebuttal is, well, if I told you right now, the only thing you would chase after is that and not me. Yeah. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> Are we serious? 
And uh, so that was, I mean, that's a whole journey in itself. That, that's another 10 year wilderness journey in itself. But <laughs> that being said, going back to what you just said, if, if we would focus a little bit on ourselves to, to discover us and what I mean by that is like what we're good at and then lay that down for the sake of people around us to help them. There is so much joy in, because one, I get to use my gift. Like I find joy in laying down what I do to help others because one, I'm operating how I was designed. And yet at the same time, I'm helping other people fulfill what they're called to do. That's an amazing feeling, right? Yeah, dude, it's phenomenal. And I'm totally happy with it. Like I'm okay with being number two or three or four. Like I don't have to be the number one because you get to watch people flourish. Yes. And that's, and, and when you can do that, with people around you, you can build great teams, mm-hmm. you can build great churches, relationships, family, just marriages, everything. Amen. So it sounds like it sounds like when God was telling you not that you weren't ready for it, basically. What was that like, I guess, and how now, or when you became ready for it, what was that shift? Because it sounds like, I don't know if it was a pride issue, it, w- it would be about you as opposed to about what you should be doing or what the focus should be. You know, like a realigning the where the focus should be. How was that shift, and how did that shift take place? Oh yeah, that's a that's a really good question because um, so to be honest with you, so I'm a high D. Like I'm I'm real into like testing and stuff like that. Like I want to know how I'm wired, right? So I'm a high D. I'm a driver. Um, I'm all about getting stuff done and not caring so much how we get there. Sometimes, which means like the joke is that's not dangerous at all. <laughs> no, it's not. So like admitted, what can happen was, is like, we can be on this incredible journey. I drive everybody to get there and I'm like, yes, we accomplished it. We're at top of the mountain. I turn around and like 90% of my team's dead laying down the mountain <laughs> because they're like, can we stop for water? Can we eat? Can we? And, um, and, and I say that jokingly, I'm more conscious of it now, but, um, so to go back in my younger twenties, I had a lot of hurts, um, growing up and a lot of things. So it was about trying to prove something, right? Because I grew up poor and, and I was abused and all these different issues that I had to work through. The reason looking back, my drive was to prove, let's just say to you or to everybody around me, like I can do, I'm better than you. Like you look at me, like I'm just some poor kid or I'm a piece of crap or I can't do it, but I'm going to prove to you that I can because I have to to have my own self-worth. My my worth wasn't in who I was in, in God. My worth was in what I had accomplished. And I had literally, by that age, I'd already built up like um, a million-dollar company. I had done several great things and lost them too, like gone broke. Uh, like it was a freaking roller coaster. Mm. And I had done all these things, but my self-worth was in what I was doing. Not it was in my doing, not in my being. I was a I was a I was trying to be a human doing, not a human being. And looking back, had I accomplished really great success at a young age, like I was, like my goal, I wanted to be a millionaire by I was twenty-five. That was my goal. Had I done that, I would have been arrogant extremely prideful. I don't think anything would have been real about me. And I think I would have had a terrible marriage and I probably wouldn't be married. We've been married 20 years this year. And I don't think I would be married. Nothing. 
I, I, I just think by God's grace, I failed so many times so hard at a young age that it was humbling and I had to eat it. And at the same time, I had to decide um, who I was at the core and am I okay with um, how God made me? Wow. Yeah, I've, I, man, a lot of that. <laughs> I think so Scott, Scott. Scott's resin. It's resin. I'm done. With him. That's uh, it? Yeah. <laughs> the show's over? Yeah. <laughs> and I started. Um, no, a lot of that I uh, have experienced. And uh, I mean, a few episodes back, we did a episode called Hashtag Pray for Scott, where we talked about, <laughs> uh, we talked about, uh, calling and you know th- what what we feel is I guess if I can use the word destiny Zach um, you may <laughs> um, in that context but, do I uh, have to ask permission before we do that <laughs> you, have to, <laughs> no. you have to caveat everything as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I yeah it all it all sounds familiar not not the million dollar company but uh, the failure um, and uh, you know why why is this person being mentored and not me although i didn't have the anger part of it but just kind of like it it was almost like a like a brief oh man that's that's cool i want to i you know i want to be in that position but then at the same time oh i feel you know i'm glad that he's in that position and not me partially because of the failures like i'd probably just blow it or something so okay. So took can, a I, downturn cha- can quick. I challenge you? Yes. What are you Please. doing about it? Uh, I'm drinking. Okay. <laughs> no. Okay, so let's be honest with it. So why are you drinking, though? I, um, I can tell you why, but I want to hear you say it. It's convenient. Right. But are you dealing with the emotion of where you're at? So the issue is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is my personal experience and I've seen in others. So it's easier to drink and just say, what was me? Because I've been there. Than to say, I'm going to pick up my big boy shorts. I'm going to deal with the the feelings that I feel. I don't feel worthy enough. I don't feel good enough. I don't feel smart enough. And maybe I'm not, but whatever. I don't feel these things. So it's easier for me just to step back and say, you're better. You should do it, not me. Than to step into it and say, I'm going to own this. And even though it's hard... And it sucks right now. I'm going to own this because I'm going to be everything that I could possibly be. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, I mean, the drinking part was kind of a joke, kind of a joke, and kind of not. I, I, there are a lot of times where, uh, I like, I like drinking and just not, not uh, really diving into any thoughts. But at the same time. I will go to have a couple of beers for the purpose of thinking. So there, it's it's a it's a mix. Um, but yeah, definitely, I I have thoughts of not being good enough or smart enough. Um, I think we've also talked about that on this podcast too, uh, a previous podcast. But uh, uh, so I have I have a, a whole plethora of different thoughts, and I can't. I I don't, I don't know if there's any one that's really the the driver um but uh yeah there's me, the whole man let me try spectrum. let me try this on the that episode pray for scott i my opinion and 
uh, with Scott was to, to keep it simple and what, what do you want to do and can that be done can that be done basically for the kingdom? Can you do that thing and and in whatever you're doing, be loving people and seeking how you can use it to serve others? So do that thing that you feel like you want to do, even if it is selfish, but as long as it aligns and it's not harmful to your surrounding circle, the community around you, and, and expand it out, keep it simple to, to what you feel like doing as long as you can do it within those parameters. Is that... What, do you have any issues with that? And if so, uh, I want to hear it. John. Are you asking me? Yeah. Oh, dude, heck yeah, let's grind this one, man. Yeah. So this is this is we're talking about Scott, right? Hashtag yeah. Scott. Yeah. Okay, Scott. <laughs> what do you want? To, what do you want to do? Like, what are you passionate about? Yeah. So I'm part. I'm doing that part uh, partially. Uh, so when my, my what are you passionate about? My I'm not sure. In my congregation, <laughs> uh, we're very small. Uh, okay, so you're a pastor. No. Well, okay, I say my congregation. It's not possessive. It's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's incorporate, in, incorporation. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, it's not possessive. <laughs> These are my people. <laughs> Maybe you're supposed to be a um, pastor, Scott. Even even though I do feel that they are my congregation. Like I, I mean, just that—that's the community I'm in, right? Uh, so, uh, but I, but I, but I do. I, I try to meet needs where they where they arise. Um, so I was doing a youth Bible study for a while, but then they all moved, hopefully not because of me. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, like one went to the army, there were only three of them. One went to the army and then the other two moved to, uh, Seattle for a whole job. But, uh, so I was doing that for, I think a, over a year. And then I've been doing, uh, okay, playing. I'm going to cut you off. You're not answering my question. Back okay, so I like it. Dang it. Here's the, here's Dang the deal. It. So I'm pa- I'll go to passion. I'm going, I'm going to literally write you a check every week for five grand. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have no responsibility to me whatsoever, but you get to do whatever it is you want to do because you know that you have more than enough money that I'm going to pay you every week. Yeah. Okay. What are you going to go do? I'm going to go study doctrine and do apologetics. Okay. So are you somewhat doing that now with the podcast? Um, well, I, I think so in the, in the, uh, and that's where our arguments almost often. He's basically correcting my doctrine yes. is how it works. Good, I like that. Okay. So you're, so you're <laughs> passionate about, you like things, you like things systematic. It sounds like Scott, like you like the, the system of it, like you like things being correct. Um, wow, you nailed him. Well, uh, I, no, well that's, so that's a good I don't, definition. I don't know what you mean by I like things being correct as opposed to like the the opposite of that statement is I don't think that you would. would right. What a, I right. mean by that is, is like if you hear an inadequacy of a scripture or something like that, you feel this internal drive to say, that's not being rude. You're just like, that's not right. This is what it says, and this is why. Like, you feel... Yes. yes. Okay, so yes. there's nothing right. That's just how you're wired. That's your drive. So yeah. what I would encourage you to do is you need to go study doctrine. You need to do your thing and figure out how you can help people um, through that. Not not in a, like, you're right, I'm wrong way. Just to steer people in the right direction 
and help them be the best them they can be through Scripture. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So for five thousand dollars a month, Scott sounds like a good deal, <laughs> dude. A month? I said a week, buddy. That's oh, a week. Jeez. Nice. Yeah, Zach, I'm worth more than that. You guys are hiring. Uh, yes. <laughs> Send over the application, <laughs> Scott. Yeah. Hey, so, uh, and a question, uh, John. In all of your conversations with people so far, um, and in the past, are you? I mean, you you have this this title for are you real just the words uh off was it authenticity or authentic and yeah i i close every show i say be real be authentic and be you right so are you seeing or have you seen um that this is just it's something that people don't want to confront and so using those words you're like i'm going after what's behind the wall that everybody has up in this world. Yeah. So I think in Christianity, I think most people have a wall in general. I mean, dude, look at Instagram and Facebook. Like my gosh, half the, there's people that I see on Facebook. That's more of our generation that post crap. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like seriously, like that's so far from your life, but whatever. Um, well, John, we're all, we're all perfect. We're all perfect. Yeah, we we are, dude. I mean, I got you know, I got Ken's body in my wife. <laughs> Actually, she does look like a Barbie doll. But um, <laughs> do you anyways, have his underwear I, too? I say, yeah, I say that jokingly. But the thing is, is like, if if people, here's the thing: it is hard. Uh, okay, let me take you to this. Can we do a story? Do yes. It. Okay, so when I was 30 years old, I had a mental breakdown. Okay, I, I'm writing about it right now. I um, I went to bed every night and just cried. And when I mean cried, I mean wept mm. like just the most, like somebody died type weeping. And you like couldn't it was, put your finger on it? No, I couldn't. And it was the most anguish, hurt. Like I haven't felt, I hadn't felt like that in, at the time would have been 21 years. It had been since I had felt like that. Okay. And I had to come to grips. I, I mean, I was just praying. I love spending time with the Lord. And I was in prayer time and I'm like, and my, my wife kept on asking, she's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I don't know. I literally do not know, but I am just, I'm grieving right now. And, um, so I just, I just asked God, I like to journal and I just asked him, I said, what is going on? Like, why am I feeling the way I'm feeling? <clears throat> and I just heard the Holy Spirit say, say, you've never dealt with your issues. And I'm like, well, great. What issues do I have? And I felt like he had opened a closet and it was literally just one, like I'd been, I felt abandoned by my mom and dad. Uh, my brother died when he was three, I was nine. I felt rejected by my parents after that. I got sexually abused when I was 12. Uh, my parent, my mom went to prison when I was in high school, when she got out, there was domestic violence, like almost three times a night, the police would show up to my house. Um, I was poor. I had hooked on drugs. Like, dude, the list goes on. And, and, and it is easier for me to throw something in a closet and just shut the door and say, you know what? I don't have time Mm -hmm. to feel the way I feel right now. Like there's stuff that needs to be done. Kind of going back to my whole get to the top of the mountain concept. Everybody Mm -hmm. behind me is dead. Well, at the time, I was driving myself yet killing myself at the same time. Hmm. And I had to decide, was I going to face, and literally the Holy Spirit walked me through every single issue, and I would just write it down. 
I would, I would literally journal, this is how I feel about it. And this is why. And I would allow the Holy Spirit to just minister to my heart and say, no, you're loved because of this. This is who you are. This is how I see you. And I would journal that process. And it took me about a year and I walked, the Lord walked me through the process of healing because I had so many skeletons and so much stuff in my closet. Either I needed to, I, I could have, I could have left them and he would have let me leave them because he's, I mean, he's, he doesn't bulge into my closet, but he opened the door and I had a choice. Was I going to be, um, like I love my mom, but my mom has a lot of hurts that she's never dealt with. My mom literally, um, for the last three to five years has lived on the streets and she's a heroin addict. Um, and she's a great woman, but she lives that way because she's never dealt with the pain of her family. And that's driven her to be who she is. And I had to decide, did I want that or did I want everything that God had for me? And I'll tell you right now, it sucked. Like, I don't want to make light of it. Like people say, oh, you know, just you have your best life now and you can just walk through it and it's easy and all that stuff. Dude, no, nothing about it was easy. But the outcome of seeing what it did for my marriage, my children and my personal life, mm -hmm. everything was worth it. But it but it hurt. Right. Wow. There's a lot there. And that that's I appreciate you sharing what the we don't have to go too far into it, but I'm I'm curious to the you can ask me anything you the want. Sexual, I'm, I'm, the sexual abuse. What yeah. was it a family member? Was it a stranger? Like what were some things that led up to it that uh, maybe the world can benefit from? Yeah, it was just it was a typical prowler. She was um, 21 with two kids. I was uh, 12. And uh, what happened was it was my mom's uh, best drug buddy, I guess, at the time. Uh, they drank, did drugs together, and um, she was a thief. And uh, anyways, I mean, looking back now that I'm, you know, almost 40 years old, I have three teenagers. I can see, I mean, she groomed me is basically what she did. So she would buy me toys, buy me stuff, like really cool things. Mm -hmm. I didn't say buy, she stole them. And then she'd give them to me. And then I thought, you know, she was super cool. And then she would start inviting me to stay uh, at her house late at night to play video games and stuff like that. And then I would just hang out and play video games. And then she just slowly um, manipulated me into stuff. And then before I knew it, you know, I'm being you know, sexually abused by a woman that's almost twice my age. Um, I remember when my kids were 12, I have two girls and a boy. And I remember when each one got to the age of 12, I would look at them and think I was being abused mm. at that age. And I remember, and I would look at the, just kind of how they were wired, just the psychology of where they were at. And I remember thinking I had no idea what was going on because I struggled with, it was my fault. Like at some point, I, I mean, I liked it. I was like, this is, I, I think I enjoy this. And, um, and just how I even had to work through the process of that because thinking, well, it wasn't okay, but you thought, but you liked it. Right. So just think the, the turmoil in my head, just thinking, well, that's sick. How could you like that? But yet it was wrong. Like there were so many issues I had to work through, Yeah. but it allowed me once my kids got to that age, I was able to see them and be like, oh dude, this is wrong on so many levels. And, um, so anyways, that, I mean, I think it's really important, uh, a kid's, I don't have a kid audience, but as a parental audience, 
I don't care if it's um, a family member, a friend or anything, you know, you need to use discernment. I don't allow my kid. I'm very cautious about who I let my kids be with, where they're at, stay the night at, um, because I don't ever want my kids to have to walk through what I had to walk through. And, and, And that's just our job as parents, man. We need to guard that to the best of our ability if we can. Just a follow-up, did you, do you think, I know it's hard when you're in it and it's 12 years, you're 12 years old, do you think you showed any signs? Did you shut off? Did you act out when you were that age and this was going on? Oh, yeah, dude, I was a mess. I mean, I was already, at that point, I started um, shortly after, well, my mom went to jail for the first time, right? It was literally kind of God's blessing, so my mom and that lady got arrested at the same time and both went to prison for a while okay. uh, right after. So that's literally what cut that off for me. Uh, and then after that, um, I lived with my dad. Uh, he was, we were kind of in and out of houses trying to find somewhere to live. And shortly after that, I ended up getting hooked. Uh, I started smoking weed and drinking pretty much all the time. That's right around, it was like right before eighth grade. And uh, at that point, I completely just shut up. I mean, my grades, I went from being an A student to like, I don't know, I I passed school. So I don't know, D's, whatever, just whatever I could do to get by. And then, um, which was weird though. I excelled in sports because I was so pissed off. Like I was so (laughs) angry at the world that I excelled. So I did great in sports, but, uh, everything else just kind of went to the wayside. And then, um, it's kind of a long journey. I, you know, I, I went to church. My mom got out of prison. She got saved in jail. We, so I get saved, get filled with the Holy Spirit. Like there's so much to it, but, um, yeah, I, I shut off. I mean, it's why I got into drugs. At, at one point I, I became a meth addict, uh, got hooked on meth and cocaine. Uh, it was just very, it's, it's self-destructive because here's the thing. If, if you don't love yourself, nobody else is really going to, nobody can love you like um, you can, nobody can take care of your body, but you. Mm -hmm. So if you don't love yourself, you're going to go in self-destruct mode. And that's what I did. Uh, And for a long time I was in that, in that mode. I didn't care. Do you think there was somebody back then? Let's just, if, if you could have put somebody in your life at that point, whether it was like just a good, a good father figure, um, or even a, a mother figure, um, do you think, do you just think it, you didn't have anybody that showed you value in life and so it just didn't matter? And if um, somebody if somebody had been put in that place where they could have, you know, fathered you through stuff and, and caught you, you think it would have been possible to go in a, yes, a great direction? Yes and no. I think because when you know, when I look back, I have just walked through this with one of my one of my kids and their perception of me, one, one of my kids' perceptions of our love towards them was wrong. And it was really a great conversation. We just got to sit down with them and walk through it with them. And it allowed me to sit back and I think of myself, you know, did I, could I have perceived my parents wrong? And I, and if I'm going to be honest about it, I would say yes, because, you know, granted, my parents had a lot of hiccups and issues that they had to work through in their life. I don't doubt they didn't love me. Now, maybe the way they showed it or the things they did weren't congruent with the way I received them, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean they didn't love me. Right. And because 
I didn't understand that at a young age, which who can, I mean, you just can't, it's not like we had those conversations. We didn't have, I, I mean, I have open conversations with my kids now about that stuff. My parents weren't at that point. So, you know, I don't want to shift the blame. I, I think there's a lot there. I think, you know, I think they were there. I bet I could have walked through it maybe with them, but at the same time, they had a lot of issues they were going through. I did have a young life leader that was phenomenal and, and really helped me through a lot of things in my life that to this day I'm very grateful for. But I think a lot of times our perception of reality is distorted because we're looking through it through a through sunglasses instead of 2020 glasses, sure. if that makes sense. And sometimes I step back and I, and I try to look at things from that angle. I, am I wrong because my view of this is distorted? And if it is, um, then I try to get correction from people around me or even try to just say, you know, how to look at, how to look at this. So I don't know if that, if I answered your question, but that's how I look at it. Do you still, when you're parenting your own kids and you look at how old they are and the ages that you were, do you, you do, are you constantly reflecting and almost healing as you go through parenting your kids? That's funny. I never thought of it. Um, yeah, I think sometimes I, I think what I try to do is, it's really weird for me. Learning is not being that guy, if that makes sense. So I look at people around me sometimes and I think, man, they are really stupid. <laughs> right. And I, I'm, I'm and right I, there with you. I like, I look at decisions and I'm like, how did you process that decision to get to where you're at right now? Like, I can't believe this. So sometimes I look at those things and that helps me navigate or course my life. Cause I'm like, I see the outcome of the decision they made and I don't want that for my life. And, and sometimes like I, I just, it enables me to sit down with my kids and, and to walk through stuff and talk stuff. And, and, you know, I tell my kids, you, there's nothing you can say or do that will ever surprise me. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't care what it is, what your struggle is. I don't, I honestly, I don't care. Let's just, if you are, let's get it out in the open and let's just ask the Lord to walk us through the process of either healing it or getting, um, getting through it. But the worst thing we could ever do is hide something. And, and the problem is, I think in the church for so many years, we've tried to hide our quote unquote sins sure, or hide the things we're struggling with instead of just saying, Hey, here's my struggle. This is what I'm going through. And then having your brother or sister come up alongside you and say, okay, great. Let's just walk through it and get over it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that is my, that's my big focus uh, as a dad. I have eight and ten year old daughters, and all I want is that communication lane to always be open to where no matter what happens, they know. You know, I know this is I know this is a bad situation. I know I've got myself in it, but I know I can come to mom and dad and and share them. I don't have to hide. There's not going to be the shaming, uh, and just cultivating that is. I feel like I'm doing it, but man, that's, that's my, that's probably a big worry for me. Um, oh yeah. I think every dad, yeah. one of the, I heard this guy say one time, he said, if you, if you don't love your kids, somebody else will. Mm. Yeah. And I thought, oh no, you didn't. Yes. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, my daughter, my oldest daughter, one of her boyfriends. And I mean, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I love, I love Jesus and I love the Lord. But there's a dad right. side of it too. And I told the guy flat, I said, man, I like you. 
and uh, you're a good kid. I said, uh, if you touch my daughter in any way, I said, I will kick your, you know what? I mean, I just flat out said it. And he just looked at me and I said, and I'm not kidding. And uh, he said, all right. And then I told him, I said, I will go to jail for you. And he looked at me and he's like, jail. And I said, yes, I will beat the crap out of you and I will go to jail. And I said, and the good side to that is every single kid in town is going to hear about it. And I said, I'll only have to do it, be, have to do it once. And it's just going to be you. And, uh, and he still works for me. They're not even dating anymore. The kid still does work for me on the side. He's a good kid. But I mean, that's, that's the side of the dad in you. It's just like, man, I'm going to love my kids unconditionally because if I don't, somebody else will. That's very clarifying. I, I, yeah. I like that. I like yeah. that because it's so true. It's disturbing. Right, because you have, you, we, we have the control of um, making decisions every day to love our kids and spend time and, and show them how much God values them through us. It's a great thing, and we just build a, God's fortress around our kids and in their hearts to just be amazing people. And, they can, and then they're able to sniff out the red flags and people um, because of who we are in our relationship with them. Yeah, well, and I think the other aspect is if you don't if you don't love them, then they will look for someone else oh, yeah. to love Absolutely. them. Absolutely, <laughs> so yeah. that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I mean by that. Like, yeah. if I don't love them, they're going to get it from somewhere else, yeah. and it's not going to be where I want them to get it. Right. Yeah. So between then, I mean, there. Gosh, there's so much stuff back there that we could dig into, but what. To where you're at now along the way, has there been professional help, professional counseling, medications, anything like that that's assisted with you? No. And, I, and, you know, for some people, I'm not I'm not against it. I have people in our family with mental illness that um, that need medication. So I see it from both sides. I get it. I don't judge it by any means. But for me and my journey was um, – and, and I don't mean it in a cliche, I really don't, about being real, but mm-hmm. I had to get down to the nitty gritty and just say, listen, I'm going to, I don't like this, but I'm going to have to deal with it. And, and am I willing to deal with it? And and that came to, I studied the word and I just had to come with, you know, what is the scripture says, meditate on the word day and night. Well, why is it that the new age community and new age people get it? that they meditate on whether it's self like, um, affirmations and things like that. But yet the church condemns it and thinks it's weird. And is it kind of weird? Yeah, I get it. It seems weird, but here's the thing. If I have to keep telling myself that God loves me until I believe it, Hmm. then, then do it. Because Mm -hmm. at some point he says, why does he says, I'm a new creation in Christ. The old is gone. Okay. If, if I, if I am a new creation, but I'm still walking around with the old mindset, I'm still going to get the same results because what I believe initially is what I think about, which in turn becomes what I'm going to do. And if I keep believing that God doesn't love me and that I have no self-worth and all these things, then my thoughts and behaviors are going to be congruent with what I believe. And and if we don't, and this is, we're talking about self-medicating. So I spent time in the word and I had to believe what either I believed what the Bible said or I did it. And that's a decision that all of us have to make. 
am I loved? Am I cherished? Am I all these things? And I, and I had to come to grips with, yes, I do believe that I am because this is what the word says. And because of that, that has been my medication, uh, to walk me through all of the hurts and pains I've had in my life to get me to where I'm at today. Beautiful. Uh, it seems like your podcast, you're branching out. You're, you've got these, you got the business angle, you got the health, the health side of it with your wife. It, it sounds like you guys are pretty healthy and I, I would imagine you'd have something to say about that in terms of how that can help with, uh, depression and anxiety, other areas like that. Oh yeah, for sure. So part of my testimony going back is, um, I, I, uh, once I got, um, off of drugs, uh, I, I got into steroid abuse, which is a whole nother issue. So I competed in bodybuilding for years and, um, got into powerlifting and doing those things. And, um, which was still in self-destruct mode. Uh, mm-hmm. but when I got saved, I quit doing all that. And, uh, and I got out of the industry altogether, but I've always stayed, we owned a health food store. Um, we have always stayed fit and worked out. My wife actually still is a competitor. She competes and does women shows. Um, she's extremely fit, uh, works out. She's a, she's a personal trainer by trade. She works with women, uh, some men, but mostly women. So, yeah, we're all about now. My wife is like a high C personality. And if you don't, if you're not familiar with that, like, dude, she is the person that can eat the same thing on the same day at the same time. Like she routine for her is like my arch nemesis. Like I just, we, we are so polar opposite. Um, but she's, uh, so we stay healthy. So like I stay what I say relatively healthy. Like I watch what comes in my body. Um, I really try to be like, I don't eat a lot of garbage. And the reason for that is, is because it literally, it will dictate the way you feel, the way you think. Like, you know, they say like, uh, that dream was a bad burrito. Like, uh, <laughs> like for real, man, like it really comes to pass. So it's important to like, I think of it like this, you wouldn't stick, uh, low performance fuel in a Porsche, right? Because the car is designed to drive really fast, really smooth. And that's just the way it was created. Every one of us are created like a high end car, but most of us, including myself at times, treat it like it's a junker. Yeah. And, and the, and the, but yet we're expected, we want these big results because we have these big dreams and these big things, but we're not taking care of our car right. And I think it's important to some extent to, to be healthy. And, uh, and, and, and I don't even know if it was a question, but our podcast, I'm super excited. Like I brought around me some of the best and brightest people that I personally knew in their industry and said, Hey man, I've created, it took me a year and a half to create this platform. Um, I don't know. And I took a big hit for it, to be honest, uh, when we started in January numbers wise, but I feel like the long term, I'm willing to take a short term hit for what I feel is going to be a long term gain for my listeners. Yeah. How do you think, how have you, how do you think you've resonated with the people that they're attracted to come and listen? Um, cause there's a million podcasts out there. Um, you have an, you think, think you have an it factor? Uh, I think part of it comes down to being real. Like I, okay. So my, my type audience would be people who love Jesus, 
who want to worship and go after God, but yet there's practicality to it. Like I still have to be married and work through, you know, our isms and I have to raise kids and I run, I run multiple businesses and there's still life applications. So like for me, it's how do we take all of this stuff and walk out our walk with the Lord and not be religious or stupid about it? Mm-hmm. Because like I have friends, I remember growing up in church and having friends that would never leave the altar that would pray for hours. And I'm like, yo, like, that's really cool that you can do that. But the problem is, is life like you're broke right now. You have no money and you can pray all you want for God to bring you a fat (laughs) check. But I'm pretty sure he gave you two arms and two legs and the rubber needs to hit the road and go work. And so for my audience, Like, I want to be real and practical about life, but I want to also bring in the supernatural and the, in the, the weird topics that nobody wants to discuss if, if we do, or, um, in different theologies, whether I agree or I disagree, because ultimately at the end of the day, we're all the body of Christ. I want to unify people, but yet still be real and authentic about what we believe and walk through this thing we call life together in Jesus. Awesome. I so it. I have a version, and we're coming close on time. I have a version of your uh, time travel question. Oh crap! Uh, multi-parter. So the first one, I have a feeling you have you have an answer in the bag. But going back in time to give your younger self advice, a couple pieces of advice, and then go to the future. What is what would eighty year old you give y- your present day you advice about? All right. So to make it better for you, I've never answered either one of these questions. No. So I really haven't. I just ask them all the time because it's fun. Um, If I was to go back to the younger me, I think I would tell myself that I was loved and that everything is going to work out. Because I remember being there were several times in my life where I almost committed suicide. And I think I would tell myself, like, this is all going to work out. Like, you were loved and you were cherished. And right now you can't see the light. But when you get there, it's going to be brighter than you could have ever imagined. That's good. And, uh, and that's funny. I just said, literally just brought tears to my eyes thinking about that. So, mm-hmm. um, and going to the older, an older version of me, I think there's times in my life because I'm so driven to do stuff. I think I would tell myself to slow down and to love people more and take the time, um, to be more, uh, sentimental about stuff and just enjoy the everyday life and not be so busy trying to do stuff. The fact that you can even reflect on that is is great and and but I get the I'm I'm going at such a pace and want efficiency and I get to the top of the mountain and everybody's you know dead behind me um, I mean just to to be able to reflect and know okay I know where my strengths are and I know where my weaknesses are I know myself and I know what God's called me to I think is a is a rare thing in the world uh, because people, a lot of people are just wandering around as opposed to driven by Christ and what they've been called to. 
Yeah, and I just want to encourage your audience, I mean, and whoever, when we share this, is like, we all are created for a path. Now, it doesn't matter if it's bigger. There is no bigger great. I, I just don't believe that. But we all have some awesome gifts to give people around us. And I feel like it is our responsibility is God's children to discover what they are, take the time to learn them strengths and weaknesses and to bless people around us with them. And when we do, there's so much fulfillment in that and yet struggle at the same time. It's, it, it's beautiful and messy at the same time. Well, I don't care what Zach says. I'm motivated. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, are, do I, do I have you bought yet? Are you buying into this stuff yet? Yeah, I was, I was already bought for the most part. I just had to listen to you. It was just the prejudgment, uh, being judgy and, uh, Doctriny or word Nazi is a vestige of my past that crops up from time to time, and I word Nazi. I like that. <laughs> it still comes up, but uh, I I listen to you, and it's it's very obvious. Listen to you now that you are real. Can I say that? <laughs> but I got one more thing. Um, looking at your website, you have some book recommendations, and the first one was the Shack which cracked me up a little bit because we were just talking about uh, a friend of ours that heard an interview with that author and recommend, not the book, but recommended the interview to his brother. And his brother goes to a pretty conservative church and said, oh, we were warned about him and, oh, yeah. and basically just shut down any conversation or he wouldn't even listen to the interview as far as I know. Why the shack and why shouldn't our more conservative brethren be afraid of that book. Oh my gosh, that was the most life-freeing book I've ever read in my life. I mean, phenomenal. So the problem is, is people get so caught up, and I get it. This is the theology part of people that are driven, like one of you, okay? Is, and, and let's just be honest, here's the thing is, it's, theology wise, it jacks with people because people want to say, well, God's not a woman or God can't be black or he can't be, he can't be all these things. And I'm like, okay, well, great. He can be whatever he wants, but I get it. That's fine. But if you get caught up in the theology part of the book, you're missing a hundred percent of the point. And the point is the beauty between the relationship between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and how much we as his children are loved and then how through the whole process um, we are trying to figure out God when yet he is just literally reaching out to us with open arms and trying to love us through our personal mess. And I can't tell you how many friends that I've given that book to that were quote unquote religious or so indoctrinated in like, I can't read that. And when they read it, it literally set them so free, not from a theology standpoint, but from the point is God actually loves me. And you cannot put a value on that. So good. That's a good recommendation. Yeah. So... I it just it breaks my heart that people. I interviewed the guy. Have you listened to it? I haven't listened to that one yet, dude. It is mind bending. He, I, I'm he telling, is. I've heard oh, a few of his. 
we talked for an hour and a half and I literally just at that point was like, my show's getting too long. I don't know if anybody's going to listen to an hour and a half. <laughs> I've had people tell me they've listened to it four and five times. Yeah. It's one of the best interviews I've ever done. Um, you know, here's the thing, whether his theology is on point or not, his understanding of how much God loves us is right on. And dude, he, he nailed it. And I love it. Proper, proper love. Uh, trumps all that. Like there's a, an ordering in the scripture that I think we get we get out of whack and we get backwards, and that's why these things scare us. Oh yeah, it does, dude. I got hate mail over that interview. Like people were like, "I can't believe you had him." Like they said all kinds of stuff, and I was thinking, and they were saying mean things, and I was thinking, so we're supposed to love like Christ. Now the only people he ever rebuked Jesus was Pharisees, was religious people. Like all the sinners and the freaking idiots, religious idiots, he rebuked, but he loved the people that were just broken. And I'm like, you're you're trying to bash a man who's just saying, this is how much you're loved and love other people. And really, his theology isn't weird. He's not into universalism. We got into that on the podcast. So that's people's main concern, obviously, and I get mm -hmm. it. Um, but I'm like, you can't even see yourself what you're writing. Like you're writing hatred and calling yourself a child, but yet hatred comes not from the, f our father, but from the father of all lies. So I'm like, you're really like, people need to sit back and really think about that. Say, what is my motivation? What is my drive here? Is it about being right? Or am I okay with just loving people even if they're wrong? Yeah, that's so good. I heard, uh, dude, I got to say this. This is a little controversial, but I love, dude. Somebody said this the other day, dude, and it floored me. And okay, so we've all heard in universalism, people say, well, all roads lead to God, right? Mm -hmm. Which I don't believe. So, but the guy said this. I thought this was really good. He said, I think all roads, all religions can lead to Jesus, but only Jesus can lead you to the Father. Interesting. That's uh, that's something to ponder. Yeah, hmm. yeah that'll it stretch your sense. mind. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it will. It, it, it does make, and this is here's why, because how many people think like you could just Google testimonies of people in other in Eastern religions have said that they've had experiences where Jesus literally showed up. I'm talking devout in their religion, and Jesus showed up and spoke to them, whether in a dream or manifested, however they say it happened. I don't care but it literally altered and changed their life and changed their beliefs and who Jesus was and ultimately ended up becoming Christians because of that. Mm -hmm. So whether I don't care what road, if, if you're, if you're on an honest search for truth and Jesus is the truth in the light, if he is the truth and our searches for truth, doesn't matter the road we're going to take. Eventually, if that is our heart, to get to truth, it'll get us to Jesus, but we'll never experience or see the father until we experience Jesus. That's amazing stuff. Yeah. I, I like the clarification uh, or the qualification because uh, the, the, the first statement, it just, yeah. It's, Here comes it's the cringing. Well, no, I, it is no, cringing. no, yeah. I agree. Oh, I agree. I agree with the, the, how you, you follow that up, but it's, it's not the religion that's leading to Christ. It's their search for truth that's leading to Christ. So I, that's where I just, yeah, yeah. it's right. a hard one. Yeah. No, dude, it, it took me, it took me a couple days to chew on it. 
And, it, and then once I, I chewed on it long enough and thought about it, I thought, dude, that is really profound. So I would love to say that I came up with it, but I'm not that smart, so that's okay. Why would you object to that, Zach? You're that I would, close. <laughs> that I, would I think you're downplaying your intelligence, John. <laughs> hey, John. This has been a pretty good interview. Yeah. Uh, we hey, really appreciate sh- it. Yeah, go can for I it. Can I go grab my journal? Can I read something to you guys real quick? Yeah. Okay, hold on. Yeah, get out of the closet. <laughs> okay, I'm back. I had to run through my house. That's right. Okay, so the other day, I'm going to, I want to finish off with it. Are, are we closing up finally? Yeah. Okay, so check this out. The other day, my family was watching a movie. And I wanted to write down all the things like self affirmations because they sound stupid, right? Like to look in a mirror and tell yourself stuff. Mm. <laughs> they can. So are we being on? No, let's be honest yeah. about it. It sounds, yeah. it sounds cheesy, right? For sure. Because we struggle with self worth. Like, think about the last time you told yourself or wrote down 10 things that you like about yourself. Mm-hmm. How hard is that, right? Yeah. It is hard. So, so what I did is I went through scripturally. And I wrote down all the things that we are in Christ because I was curious. Now, mind you, this is after 19 years walking with the Lord. At some point I've done this, but I just put it in my journal the other day. So can I read it to you guys? Please. So this is what you guys are in your audience, okay? Got it. It says, I am found and I am loved. I've been saved and redeemed, and I am a new creation. I have wisdom and grace, and I have peace. I have patience, self-control, and I am gentle. I am strong, and therefore I have hope and faith, and I have God's spirit. I have God's faithfulness, and I am prosperous. I have life, and I am free, and I am blessed. I've been delivered, and the Lord is with me. He meets all my needs because I have purpose. He gives me straight paths, and I've been forgiven, and I am known by him. I can do the impossible, and I have been anointed. He is my refuge, and I am delivered. God is with me. I have God's kindness towards me. He comforts me and gives me peace. My hands are blessed and I am guided by God. He directs my paths and he shows me great things because I have been healed. Amen. Every single one of those has a scripture reference. So if anyone's curious, I'm not going to take the time. So don't send me an email. Did you mention warrior? Uh, no, but actually, dude, that is one. I didn't get that far. I was trying to stop at 30 and I ended up stopping <laughs> at 39. Uh, well, you, but, need to, you need to get to 42. That'll even things out. Okay. Well, <laughs> we'll go to 42. Warrior is one because I know it's in there, but I don't have it in there. All right. Well, John, what is the, uh, the best way for people to check you out? Um, on Instagram, we are on, uh, and Facebook, are you real and are you real pod pod? Uh, you can go to our website, are you real.org. Um, and if you guys want to be a part of it, tell your audience, uh, we are about to launch a course on purpose, helping people walk through what their God given gifts and talents. Um, we're doing a beta course, so it's going to be, uh, it's only $97 right now when we're, and they get two free books, me and another friend who wrote another book. Um, when we launch the class, it's going to be $297, but if anybody's interested in it, we're just trying to cover cost and really I'm trying to cover my friend's time, mm-hmm. but they can get on their website, areyoureal.org and, uh, we're on Instagram and Facebook. So, uh, oh, we're on Twitter too, but man, I just never have time to check all that stuff. I do sometimes. I drop in and I, I drop a thing or two, but either my wife or my administrator, somebody, uh, my my uh, social media person helps me with all that. Yeah, nice. 
Well, I really appreciate your time and for being flexible scheduling wise and all that. Yeah, man. Thank you guys. And um, we get a chance. I would love to have you guys on my show and uh, I get to dig deep into your lives. That would be fun. <laughs> and just drill you down inch by inch. I look forward to it. Set that up. We will make it happen. And uh, again, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, right. thank, thank you very much. Thank you. Take care. Be blessed. All right. You too.